Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. guys and welcome to the stardom cast your weekly or sort of audio source of all things world wonder ring stardom right here on the pod mania podcasting network we're back motherfuckers uh, chris how are you um if i may speak freely for a second sit down um what was that weak ass shit you were spewing on twitter last week um the the weak ass shit I was spewing God. Did I get drunk and tweet people again? Um so I, I put out a poll where there was a bit of an argument in the Podmania chat <laughs> over what the best Toy Story. Um <laughs> Robin Garth think Toy Story One because they're cowards. No, we think Toy Story One because it's the correct choice. No, I said if I may speak freely, I have the floor. <laughs> so and I was like, okay, I'll take Mr. Twitter. Toy Story One lost, by the way. Um, uh, but he, Rob's out there going, Oh, I'm afraid I can't be civil with you if you, you say anything but Toy Story 1. Civil? What sort of weak ass bullshit is that? Do you know how much of a fucking cop caller you sound like? Like, oh, a bit of marijuana. I need to call the police and also my mummy to tell her that <laughs> I haven't been smoking marijuana. That's you. That's what you sound like. Jesus, I didn't feel. I didn't realize you felt so strongly about this. Week, what week? Since when? Since when the fuck have you been civil? What what week has built? And suddenly, Toy Story's the topic of conversation, and you're like, "Oh, I'm afraid I can't be civil." Fucking weak ass bullshit, right? I expected better of you, Goodwin. Cop caller. Wow. Wow. I I genuinely didn't realize you felt so strongly about the way I use Twitter. <laughs> But, seeing as you've said it now, if you think Toy Story 2 is better than Toy Story 1, you're an idiot, and you deserve a mildly irritating skin condition. Toy Story 2 1, followed by the way. Toy Story 1 came second, which I don't agree with. I do think 3 is better than 2. Oh, fuck off, Chris. It is. We confront death. It was a massive moment for me as a child. What the fuck are you talking about? Toy Story 1 is a pioneering film. It's the film that every other animated film wishes it could be. It is a very, very important film. And that's why it's so impressive that the other two films top it in every way. Disagree. Disagree. A lot of important films don't hold up to today's standards. That's fine. Like You look at Birth of a Nation. That was a massive film. We don't watch the KKK movie anymore, do we? You've just you negate all of your arguments about films by putting Lost in Translation as high as it is. Oh, uh, where is it on my list again? Is it nine? I love Lost in Translation. Fucking it's a beautiful nine. film. The um, shit that it beats out, Chris, in that list is fucking ridiculous. 
I mean, yeah, these are a lot of films, but like I, I stress all the time, it's about my own personal enjoyment, that list, not, not what's critically good or bad, just what I enjoyed. And I really enjoyed Lost in Translation. I was watching it the whole time thinking, my God, Tokyo is a beautiful city. And it is, it is a beautiful city. I just, I hate you. I, I do, <laughs> I physically hate you. <laughs> there um, is such of... strong hatred towards you at the moment. Such Lord strong of... hatred. Lord of the Rings is 28th, by the way. Out of? Out of um, 50. What's 50th? Um, Twilight. Yeah, it is shit, isn't it? Fuck yeah. me. Yeah, I watched it with my friend for my birthday. Because I wanted to watch <laughs> it to laugh at. Christ. Come and no, watch this no. pile of shit. No, literally what happened. Like, Obviously, in February, I couldn't like go meet anyone. Um, so she was like, Hey, do you want to like watch a movie on your birthday? I'm like, you know what? I absolutely would love to watch a movie. She was like, It's your birthday, you can pick. I'm like, Oh, bad, bad move, buddy. So, uh, so hang on, you chose Twilight to watch. Um, yeah, because I thought it would be fun to riff on. The fuck is wrong with you? It was fun to riff on. It's a really oh. fun experience when you watch it with friends. I mean, you've put it as 50th in your list and it absolutely deserves to be there. Oh, yeah, it's objectively the worst film I've watched. Um, it deserves to be um, there, Chris, just for the line, hold on tight, spider monkey. Fuck off, Pattinson. <laughs> you're, my own Fuck personal, off. you're my own personal brand of heroin. If a boy said that to me, <laughs> all the red flags would be there. I'd probably still fall in love. I'm that kind of bitch. But, yeah, red flags. Also, um, if, while, while I'm spewing some controversial opinions, I'm very neutral on the first Terminator. I've, uh, the the sequel's great. I love the sequel, but the first Correct. Terminator is a bit... I don't know. There's just so many weird things in it. Like, the thing that makes Sarah Connor want to sleep with Reese is the fact that he was like, oh, I wanked over you in the future, and that worked on it, and they fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's a bit weird. Um, it's it's my having... opening gambit to most women. I'll just walk up to them and go, you know, how do I go? How do I go over you? And it it works like twenty one percent of the time. Um. Also, I need to. I've been meaning to ask Garfis because there's a scene where someone's having sex while listening to a Walkman. I want to know if that's just what sex was like back in the eighties. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and. Like all the all the effects are like really, really, really impressive for the time. Like incredibly impressive. Mm. Like we have a one thing that looks good by today's standards, like the plot like the acting and everything else, that's what falls apart for it, unfortunately. Yeah, it Terminator Two is one of those films where, you know, people will class it as one of the best sort of sci fi action films. And Terminated 1 is not a bad film. It's just... It's an okay film. It like, sets it, it, up a better film is basically what it's there for. Yeah, like... It, I, if you I say was Toy Story, bit... I'm going to hit you. I didn't say anything about Toy Story. I thought you were going to say it's like Toy Story, and I was about to go mental. No, it feels like an hour and a half. Um, I think Toy Story holds up a lot better than the original Terminator. Toy Story 1 is 15th on my list. I mean, Toy Story 2 is 11th, but you know. The fact that Lost in Translation beats them both is fucking ridiculous. Crap. I love Lost in Translation. You're an idiot. I'm not an idiot. Lots of people love Lost in Translation. That's two of the best um, actors of um, various generations in Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray. <laughs> various generations. 
Yeah, I, I realize we're a very different generation, <laughs> but that's kind say. of the point. <laughs> um, like, the setting is great. It, it kind of does meander around, but I think that's part of the charm. Um, and, like, the ending made me cry. Fight me. I'm, I'm not going to fight you about it. Um, Ralph Mike. What do you think she whisp- he whispers into her ear? Um, have you got have you got any money for this cab? <laughs> I've lost my wallet. <laughs> you should probably get tested. You know that meme of the girl who looks thoroughly put out in that club and the bloke that's whispering in her ear, and um, um, yeah, and then you've got stuff like you know, and then Undertaker threw mankind off the off the cell, and Jr. called my the love of mankind stuff like that. <laughs> I can just imagine it's something like that. You know, and then Roman Reigns turned heel. Just imagine if that was the kind of shit that he said about it. Oh, incredible. <laughs> I really wish I went to Corrigan Hall. <laughs> I'm impressed, Rob. We haven't talked, we haven't had a podcast in what, five, six weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a Stardom podcast, and we've, what, 10 minutes in, and we've not talked about Stardom yet? No, that's correct. Um, but I do. Whenever we do, especially the Stardom cast, the Podmania podcast needs to be a little bit more on point because we've got Garth there as a buffer. Um, but on this podcast especially, I just tend to let you talk yourself into a bit of tiredness before I start the Stardom <laughs> shit, just so that you're easier to deal with. Um, because otherwise, fucking hell, you're all over the place like a bouncy ball. You're like Flubber. It's ridiculous. I've never seen Flubber. Have you not? It's okay. No. It, it's okay. Robin Williams makes it. Um, as you can expect. Fucking love 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 Good Morning Vietnam. What a film. What a fantastic film. I watched it in a few years, actually. I remember I got in trouble in school because um, they were like, okay, but um, mention, and this is when we were like 14 years old. When we were 14 years old. Like, my my school, this is when you were about 25 or something. And um, when... (laughs) When the teacher, we were learning about the Vietnam War, and the teacher was like, okay, everyone um, put a movie, a Vietnam movie in the hat. And I was at my brother's um, the weekend before that, and I'd seen Full Metal Jacket. Really fucking puts you off movies that when you're 14 years old, fucking Full Metal Jacket. And I put that in the hat, and I got in trouble, because we were like, why have you seen Full Metal Jacket? Oh, um, just because you mentioned Aladdin earlier, and we spoke about Robin Williams, um, did you know? You know the you've seen it, right? Aladdin. Yeah, I've seen Aladdin. Okay, well, you can never be too sure with the kind of shit you've actually seen. Um, <laughs> you know the intro bit with the uh, market seller. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out the other day that that's that's voiced by Robin Williams, which I knew, but none of that is scripted. None no. of that is scripted at all. They just basically nope. led him into a studio, put loads of stuff on a table, and went, "Have at Robin." Um, what, what, which is great. What I love, one of my favorite facts about that film is the fact that Robin Williams took a lower pay, but as long as he wouldn't get credited, because <laughs> he didn't want to be credited on it. But then they were like, "Now nah, we're going to push Robin Williams anyway." Because <laughs> <laughs> Disney fucking suck. Disney do fucking suck. Anyway, we probably should talk about some stardom, Chris. You know, it is why we're here. Um, We apologise for the delay in uh, releasing another episode. I'm going to take responsibility for this one. I'll take the hit on this. I've been in an absolute funk recently with personal stuff. So 
trying to catch up on Stardom was quite low down the priority list. I'm not going to lie. Also, also, most of it was just road T-shows that we're not even talking about on this podcast. Well, the thing was, I obviously I was trying to sort stuff out, and then when I came back to actually trying to catch up on Stardom, they'd released an absolute litany of shows, so it was very difficult to I know, catch I, up. I had, I had sympathy for hardcore New Japan fans for a second. I've only realized for hardcore fans of a really shit organization, so I, I lost that sympathy very quickly. You just have to get it in, don't you? You just have to get it in every F- podcast. Fuck news. Fuck news. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, the way we're going to structure the podcast today is we're going to open, once we've gone through a bit of um, admin and newsy bits, um, we'll talk about the Hanakamura Memorial Show, um, which took place on the 23rd of May. Both of us have watched that. We'll talk and give our, our views on that. Um, then we'll talk about the second night of the Cinderella Tournament, which saw the second round matches and the quarterfinal matches. In terms of the Road 2 shows, the shows that all took place over Golden Week, and basically the shows that took place between the first night of the Cinderella and to where we are now, we're not going to go through every single show. You might think you want us to do that, but trust me, you fucking don't. So what we're going to do is we've watched a selection of matches from over that period, and we'll sort of talk about um, a couple of the matches that have been on those cards. Then we'll look ahead to the next Corican show, um, which I believe is the 8th of June. And then following that, we're also going to have a look at the card for the newly moved Tokyo Dream Cinderella 2021 special edition. Where's it been moved to? Where? Yeah. No, it's still the Ota Ward City Gym. Oh, the date moved. The date's been moved, yeah, because originally it was supposed to be the 29th of May, but obviously the state of emergency in Japan got extended. Uh, It wasn't Stardom's decision. It was apparently the venues, um, so they've moved it to the 12th of June, which is fine. You know, it's not massively out of anyone's pocket, so it's not a huge thing. Um, But yeah, we'll start with just a couple of bits of news. Uh, We're going to start with Sayurida and the future of Stardom Championship. Unfortunately, Sayurida, the injury that she sustained will now keep her out for the remainder of the year, it's looking like, and into 2022. And therefore, she relinquished the future of Stardom Championship. It's been held as vacant. And Stardom announced that basically there's going to be a tournament to crown the new future of Stardom champion. The competitors are as follows. We have got Rina, Ruaka, Hanan, Hina, Lady C, Mina Shirakawa, and Yunagi Sayaka. Um, Chris, out of those competitors, obviously we've had two of those matches and we'll talk in a little bit of detail about the two matches that have already happened. Um, who do you see holding the belt there? Um, or who would you like to see, should I say? Probably Mina. Like, out of that lot, it's either Mina, Ruaka, who's out because Mina Pia. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, I guess, Inagi, I'm not as mad on Inagi as a lot of people are, so probably Mina. Just to avoid one of the kids having to have a responsibility of a championship. I think if they were to choose a kid to hold it, I would like Hannon to hold it. Um, just because... She had a good five... No, it wasn't five-star. No, she wasn't a five-star. Hannon? Yeah, no, no she, she wasn't. wasn't. It was Pack League. 
I'm stupid. Yeah, it was Tag League. Um, ironically, with Sayurida as part of Wingori. They, yeah, they were a real, a real surprise package in that tournament, really. And that was when I personally started to sit up and take a little bit of notice of her. Um, and I think since she's come back, she's looked good. She's looked solid. She's um, had a growth spurt. She's had a growth spurt, so she's now 15 foot tall. Um, I'd like to see Hannon hold it. I don't think she will, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think you're right. I think it's probably going to be Mina. Um, I don't think it will be Unagi simply because they are pushing Unagi in the actual Cinderella tournament itself. Um it would make sense to give the rub to Mina, especially as, you know, Cosmic Angels are Stardom's pet project at the moment and they're trying to push him. It would make sense for Mina to hold it. Um, either way, obviously, we wish Sayurida the best. Hope she gets better soon because she she's another one that was massively improving at a rate of knots, especially this year in 2021. She's really, really ramped it up. Um, and it's a real shame. It's never a good time to get injured, but it was one of the worst possible times it could have happened for her. Um, she's, I believe she's had the operation. Um, she did post on her Instagram um, on the 23rd, just a picture of the sky with a, with a quote for Hannah, which I thought was really, really nice. Um, speaking of injuries, because apparently um, just injuries are absolutely rife at the moment, um, it's been reported that Himika is going to be out for the next couple of dates. So currently, uh, it was reported on the Twitter account that Himika's going to be absent to heal some injuries. So she's going to miss the uh, 22nd and 23rd shows. Those have already happened. Uh, June the 5th in Nagata, uh, June 6th in Kanazawa, and she is going to miss the 8th of June at Corican Hall. Um, however, she is going to be, apparently, you know, fingers crossed, she is going to be available to um, wrestle her Cinderella tournament semi-final um, at the Otaward City Gym. So that's good news, Chris. Um, yeah, it's good news. Like, I'd rather have someone take a small amount of time off to hear, to heal an injury before it becomes something that needs to be seen to permanently. Or in the worst case scenario, fucks you up long term, see Okada for that one. Mm. And I, honestly, just all of New Japan's main events. Yeah, um, it's yeah. To be fair, I mean, look at Hiromu. Um, um, oh, poor baby boy. Oh no, we miss him so much. Um, he he, he doesn't deserve to be that company. We abuse the fuck out of him. It it it's the right call. One hundred percent the right call. Um, yeah, especially since she's not overly critical to any feuds right now. Going forward, so she, yeah. So she'd just be in various DDM muscle, which the rest of DDM, with the exception of Nats Poya, more than fit to provide so yeah they're more than capable of holding their own and you know i've just read out those dates the only real major show that she'd be missing is the corican show um but is that where the cinderella finals are happening no the cinderella finals are happening the semis and the final are both happening at uh tokyo dream cinderella oh uh, um, great fucking month for that one. <laughs> um so yeah, we've we've um, she's not going to miss anything major, and with us having the big Tokyo Dream show just around the corner from the Corican show, nothing major is going to happen at that Corican. You know, we're not going to have any titles change hands. I wouldn't have thought. Um, I think there's only one title match on that card anyway. So, and it's a um, high speed championship match. So 
it will be mm. irrelevant to Tokyo Dream anyway. Uh, don't get excited. I just realized it's been a while since we've had a high-speed match. Um, the last high-speed match was Natsupoy and Starlight, Starlight yeah. yeah. Um, which was good, really good. Very good. Um, but yeah, that was a while ago. That was before Yokohama Dream, I think. Um, to be fair, I guess in terms of like the style of short, fast matches, Cinderella's sort of been filling that void. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was nice to see as well that the, we weren't wrestling ridiculously long matches or trying to get to the time limit. Well, you the time limit but... wasn't really an issue. No. Um, hang on, hang on. We're skipping ahead here. What was the longest match? Um, there was one that was eight minutes, but I can't remember. I think it was... Um... Um, Utami and Mina went eight minutes. That was a bit long for a Mina match. I'm on the wrong... I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the wrong... <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong show, Chris. There's so many fucking... There we go. Um, yeah, Unagi and Shiri went... Why is it we're making the fucking Cosmic Angels go along? <laughs> Stop it. To be fair, we'll we'll talk about that show in a moment. We'll we'll come to all this. I'm sure we've got plenty to discuss from that show. Um, I want to start with the Hanakamura Memorial Show um, matinee which aired on Fight TV on the 23rd of May 2021 from Corican Hall. It was a sellout, 714 people. Um, with If you watched it on Fight TV, um, there was English commentary provided by the Ring of Honor team of Ian Riccoboni and Cheeseburger, um, who I must admit... World famous CB, excuse me. World famous CB, I apologize. Um, I actually thought, considering they aren't overly familiar with the stardom roster, never mind the the wide-ranging Japanese town that was on this show. I think they said there was something like 11 different promotions represented on this show. I oh, thought they did. Promotions. Yeah, I yeah. thought they did a pretty good job. Um, they know they know more than you'd think, because at the end of the day, they're both wrestling fans. Absolutely. And, cheese, and Cheeseburger... A, has had several tours in Japan, hasn't he? He's been part of New Japan tours, um, and he's been hugely over in Japan as well, weirdly. Um, yeah, well, yeah, because... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't... There was no need to fucking bury Cheeseburger. <laughs> I didn't mean to bury Cheeseburger, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, this show as a whole... Um, Chris, did you watch English commentary, or did you have the Japanese commentary? Yeah, I watched English commentary. Um... I love some of the stories we told about, because Hannah, of course, worked in Ring of Honor, so we had some stories to tell, like her um, being sarcastic to Christopher, um, to Christopher Daniels, which just sounds hilarious. The stories they told, they obviously knew her. It wasn't a case yeah. of, you know, they were put on the show because, you know, they're a good commentary team. They were put on, a, they were put on because they're a good commentary team, but because they had experience with Hannah, and that <laughs> really came through, um, which I thought was really, really nice. I really enjoyed I mean, that. And they didn't try to get over, um, like there wasn't a single point where they tried to get Ring of Honor over, they just kept it relevant, which is good because a lot of teams, when we have guests on, that guest will spend the time guessing over their projects and we realised that wasn't appropriate, so I'm just glad they realised that wouldn't have been an appropriate thing to do. It's weird, actually saying that, talking about being appropriate, it's weird going into this show because I feel weird coming into it with a critical eye, which I didn't when I watched it. But of course we're here to talk about it, but that didn't end up being a problem because I ended up enjoying every match on the card. Like quite a lot. This is something that I just wanted to bring up with you because it's something that really irritated me. Um, so 
speaking of looking at this with a critical eye, ultimately, this is a celebration of Hannah Kimura. Hannah Kimura's mm. life, her wide-reaching, just a yeah. beautiful soul and... Her, her just... best friend, some of her best friends were in the main event. Her favourite wrestler was in the opener. It was and just celebrating just... her life. Exactly. Yeah, and then wrestlers from all over um, in the irregular battle royal. Exactly. Now, if you look at Cage Match, which is what we use a lot for our research and... Oh, you're you know, talking about the one guy who gave it a five? Yeah, let's not... Let's no, not voice no. Opinion. I'm going to. I'm absolutely going to. Now, in my eyes, on a tribute show, where let's not forget that this wasn't just wrestling. Okay, you had mm-hmm. the dance troupe at the start. Um, the, yeah, the DJ. Exactly. All because it's what Thank Hannah yeah, loved, love what that. Hannah wanted to be part of. It's not just a wrestling show. It is a celebration. And basically, in this kind of show, you either go 10 because of how much that person's life has been celebrated, how well that person's life was celebrated. And Jesus Christ, they did a phenomenal job on this show. Or you don't rate it because it's ultimately... Even if the wrestling is horrendous, it doesn't matter because ultimately this this is not a show we're going to cast a critical eye on because ultimately it's a celebration. So for the one person, and yes, I am going to read the comment because fuck off your bell top. For someone to write, shows like this show how people rate on emotion, not on wrestling quality. And they've spelled quality wrong. As much as loved Hannah and have deep respect for Kyoku, but the level of quality in ring was not there. I'm sorry, in the cold light of day, you know this to be true. Fuck off. Absolutely Uh, no need to write that. Well, I will say on on the emotion basis... I've said this a million times, wrestling matches don't happen in a bubble. Because at the end of the day, your investment in any kind of wrestling has to do with your relationship with the product. For example, um, if we were talking about something with a critical eye, and a Ring of Honor Pure Rules match is going to hit harder for me than it is for Rob, because I've been noticed, I watch Ring of Honor and I noticed the trends within Ring of Honor is just going to hit harder for me. Here, it really depends... Like everyone watching this show were watching it because they had a some form of connection to Hannah Kimura. And that's why stuff on like for that's why the stuff on this show hit so hard for um anyone who watched it because that it was kind of a way to say goodbye to a special talent. So not like not only is the way they've um talked about the show here fairly inappropriate in, in some ways in the way they ended it it's very clear they're doing it for some weird kind of clout they've, um, they've just written an unnecessarily incendiary yeah. comment and yeah, yeah you're absolutely right i've reacted uh, probably we, in the way that they wanted me to react so not only some weird clout when they say match um emotion over match quality i think that's a fundamental misunderstanding of wrestling also because when what you the try fuck to, are they on about? Because those last two were really good matches. Like the opener was super, like good and fun and fluid. Um, Absolutely. The battle royal. I, I, I always go out my way to say I don't rate battle royals because they're not matches in a more traditional sense. At the same time, that's probably my favorite battle royal all year. I had a smile on my face throughout the whole thing. Exactly. They did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And because, because also, I think what a lot of people end up forgetting about Hannah is that she was a very comedic figure. 
exactly. like she's a she's a former Iron um Iron Man heavy metal weight champion in DDT for Christ's sake. <laughs> um and then you have um the eight man, which is probably my favourite multi man all year. You have some of the best figures currently in Joshi. Um up just going at it hard to tribute hat to make a tribute fan and then you had that treat that was a surprise that surprise main event so like even like as a show like in a bubble i think this is a fun show but again the, the reason people are going to this amp for a good night of wrestling is to celebrate uh figure so like that person yeah they suck but really they're clearly stupid anyway so i don't really want to give them any more time than we already have we should probably just talk about the show it just it- yeah, it, it it makes no sense because even if this wrestling was bad, which it wasn't, it categorically wasn't bad wrestling. But even so, this show is about more than the wrestling. And to be perfectly honest, Chris, as we go through this card, I'm certainly not going to be casting a critical eye over it. I'm going to say the oh, no, things I've, that I enjoyed, I, which I'm sure you yeah. are as well. Yeah, I have no like even like I gave um, three of the four matches went on my match of the year thread. The other one, um, the only one we didn't is about a royal because mm-hmm. I don't put about a rose on the threat. That's just a rule I have for it. Yeah. Um, if it didn't, I would have been on there because it was a fucking hoot. But, but in terms of, um, it, like I did give these matches ratings, but at the end of the day, that doesn't mean there's stuff wrong with this match. I'm just like, and it, basically, I gave him ratings to help sort my spreadsheet. That's literally the only reason I gave any of these ratings. I'm not going to be saying the ratings I gave these matches out loud. Um, if for some, like, if you listen to this podcast, you've definitely seen it. But if you, but if not, and you had that connection with Hannah Kamara, definitely watch this show. Like, um, you should never go into a show like this with a crit- like the only show memorial show I think is appropriate to go in with a remotely critical eye anymore is for Baba one, and that's because we're so far removed from his death and it's sort of just an annual wrestling festival at this point. Yeah. Yeah, completely, um, with, I agree. But with someone like this, or the Brody Lee show that AEW did last year, not if you're going into it critically, I think you're going into it with the wrong mindset. So, the first match um, was a six-man tag team match, which saw the team of Issa 8, Huber and Shizu, I apologize if I've butchered that name, defeating Fuma, Mil Mongoose, and Shota in 15 minutes and 57 I'm gl- seconds. I'm glad you said Huber, because I, <laughs> I just keep thinking it's Hub. Well, huh, there was two different pronunciations that Riccoboni and Cheeseburger have used. So, I've gone with Huber, which I believe is what Riccoboni was saying, um, he seemed to know the most about him. Um, obviously, he's or was Hannah's favorite wrestler, so I'm just going with that. Um, overall, Chris, this was this was really really fun. It was super fun. Have you seen any of these wrestlers before? Well, actually, we have a question um, from our Discord um, that asks. Obviously, they've become aware the person on Discord whose name I've completely forgotten, and I apologise. I'll look it up in a moment while Chris is talking. Um, it's Papal, and they've said they discovered Okinawa Wrestling because of the Hannah Memorial Show and asked if we'd um, seen any Okinawa Wrestling. No, I've not. I haven't. Um, I bit, don't know. The only one I know is Mil Mongoose, and that is because I've seen one All Japan match with him in, and that is the only thing yeah. I've seen. I've seen Mil Mongoose. Um, I recognize most of these people, like with the exception of the big guy who I've forgotten the name of. 
Um, Shizou? Shizou. Shizou, yeah. Shizou. Shazam. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, I've seen most of these before. Show Troy know because he wrestles for DDT. Ah, right. He wrestled, if you want a show to recommendation, he wrestled Yuki Ueno in January for the Universal title. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm in, this makes me interested um, in seeing all these guys. Um, well, that's obviously not the mindset we went in for. They all made a great account of themselves here. Um, that fucking finishing move was fucking insane. That hangman bomb that Huber hit um, Mio Mongoose with was fucking unreal. Absolutely ridiculous. It was hit, though, so he's smoothly. He's 42. But it was just, it was how smoothly it happened. And I was like, yeah. fucking hell. Jesus. Yeah, it, I mean, there was high flying. There was really intricate mat wrestling at the start um, that actually had Cheeseburger saying, we should bring these over to the Pure Division for Ring of Honor. <laughs> um, um, so some of the Lucha-inspired stuff was really good as well. Really good. Really, really like, good. This did play like a, like a drag, one of the, you know, sort of the touring Dragon Gate matches when we go somewhere that's not Dragon Gate. Mm-hmm. It sort of played off a bit like that, yeah. which is great because it's a fucking fun ride the whole time. There was no point where the match really slowed down. Like, I didn't, I didn't take notes of this match for this show in general, but if I was taking notes, I wouldn't have been able to keep up. No, um, but even like the little comedy bits between mm-hmm. uh, Fuma and Shizau or Shazam or whatever the hell his name is, um, that wasn't too drawn out. It, you know, it, it no. played into the match and it was it was fun. You know, you had... And, show... and um, Shota, I, I like his style because they said Eddie Guerrero inspired on, the, on commentary, mm. um, which to be fair, I've had an inkling towards in a while because of how he dresses. But like, I love his sort of sleight of hand. Stuff like the quick roll-ups. He looks the spit of Chavo Guerrero. He kind of does, doesn't he? He he looks the absolute <laughs> spit of Chavo I Guerrero. I don't think the bandana helps. Um, yeah, this is just incredibly fun. Everyone had their roles clearly defined, and Hannah's favorite wrestler got the got the pin. So all the right beats in this one. One hundred percent. Um, I gave this three and three quarters, Chris, just because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, again, I'm not going to say any ratings I gave out loud because they're not important. If you really want to know, you can look on the match of the effort. You keep plugging that thread, Chris. I'm not, I'm not plugging it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then followed that with the Irregular Battle Royal, which, as me and Chris have already said, was tons of fun. Uh, it was won by Ram Kaicho, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. Um, she's the one with the makeup. Um, but <laughs> is the basic is the best way for me he's to cool. describe it. He was the shortest competitor in this match. He's like four foot eleven or something. Yeah, it it became really obvious when a couple of people came in. When Masato Tanaka came in, it became really obvious how small Ram was. Yeah, when she was standing between Tanaka and Shima. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Shima's not massive. Um, no. She, um. Whilst, we'll say all the like surprises in this were funny. Like you had zombies coming out with Andras uh, Miyagi, yep. you had um, Lingerie Muto, Lingerie <laughs> Muto, who is my new favorite wrestler, <laughs> an absolutely Cause... amazing shining wizard. But, but, but he threw a better shining wizard than uh, Muto has thrown in years. <laughs> that was great. Uh... <laughs> You had um, Hakushi coming out. 
Yeah, Shinsei Shinzaki, Hakushi. Yeah. Without his tattoos, though, Chris. What the hell? He didn't have the stencils, probably, or something. Are you telling Um, me those tattoos weren't real? What? (laughs) What the fuck? We have we had Super Delphine coming out. Always great to see Delphine. Love Delphine. I'd forgotten Um, that he was even a thing. And then when he came out, (laughs) I was like, I'm sure I recognise him from somewhere. And then it was like, oh, Jacob. Jacob. And it was because you told me to watch... Was it you? Someone told me to watch the final of the 1994 Super Jacob. Delphine and Liger. Yeah. And that was where I'd seen him from. Because I was like, I'm sure I recognise this name. But I couldn't remember what from. So I'm crediting you with that. So well done. Also famous for Osaka Pro stuff with Dick Togo is really good. Um, also appeared in DDT earlier this year in a match against uh, um, it was him, Maki Ito and Chris Brooks versus I forget who they were against but it was fun um, um, of course we had Hannah... Jun Kasai came in, yeah, famous deathmatch wrestler, Freedoms um, Shit- terrifying Shita- son of a bitch um, Shitaro Ashino throwing some of his suplexes Jesus, that first one he threw after um, Kasai had signed that autograph right? my life you went Michaels. I, 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 oh, that's one thing I loved was the um, autograph signing. That was brilliant. That <laughs> was like, really funny. Like one of the most legit people in the match as well. Just like, <laughs> can I please have your autograph? Oh, I wouldn't want his autograph just because he he legitimately he probably, scares he, the shit out of me. Probably sign it in blood, and you can't be overly certain whose blood it is. I genuinely um, though, like, I was. Is he going to stab her with the pen? Because like, he held the pen for a bit longer than the actual autograph. I was like, surely he's not going to stab her in the hand with the pen. Surely. <laughs> um, you had um, Sakura Har- Harata. I probably seen it. Sakura Harata coming out as Hannah. Yeah. Which led to a funny spot of everyone trying to beat you up for being disrespectful and then getting one of the mask guys caught in the middle of every time. <laughs> um, I enjoyed... Oh, by the way, code, very quick, a Kodama. Um, the yep. biggest heel of the whole thing, um, <laughs> eliminating Kakushi so quickly. I know, what a bastard. And when Shima coming out and doing a fucking cane. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because they were trying to name where Shima was from and it took them a while to remember that he performed for Gleet. For Gleet, exactly. Which is a thing, Chris, and I don't know if you're ready to accept that yet. But, but fucking, I've already admitted it. People thinking, that, that's old news, buddy. There was some really nice moments. I thought Masato Tanaka coming out was great. Um, I thought, obviously, Junkasai coming out was a big shock. Um, Shinzaki coming out. You know, it was, it was overall, it was a really, really fun battle royal that didn't take itself too seriously. And basically, it celebrated that, that funny side of Hannah, which you mentioned before, Chris, you know, Ultimately, she was everyone that spoke about her said she had she was full of laughter, full of fun, and this really embodied this. So, overall, a really fun half an hour that really does fly by. Which... Yeah, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize this was half an hour until I turned put on the cage match. It to be honest, to have a battle royal that isn't the Royal Rumble that that can actually fly by because both me and you, if you compare it to the All Star Cinderella one. Oh, Both, we hated that. We hated that. But if you compared it to this, you know, this, it was straight away, it was comedy. Straight yeah, away. It, it didn't rely so much on Joshi references that went over our heads. It never professed to be anything else either, did it? Yeah. Which is good. Um, We then go to what was supposed to be 
um, the main event, which was an eight-woman tag team match with Asuka from Seedling, uh, Mia Momono, Natsupoi, and Suri, defeating the team of Tokyo Cyber Squad's Death Yamasan and Konami, and Kagetsu, and a return, a surprise return for Hazuki, which was Wasn't really he- nice to see. Was it Hazuki meant to be someone else and then they had to pull out? I don't know. I don't know if it was ever announced, but I know that Hazuki wasn't announced, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, very quickly, um, have you seen Asuka before? I have, yes. They're great, aren't they? Honestly, I've seen her in two matches and she's been tremendous in oh, both. Actually, clear up, um, pronouns for Asuka are they, them, they're gender fluid. Thank you very much. They are tremendous. Um, yeah. I've seen two matches with them in, and they were tremendous in both. So yeah, can't fault them at all. Yeah, they're fucking great. <laughs> but they always stand out in six in six months, like we did here. Like we have one of the best moon salts to be outside going. Yeah. Um, it was so nice to see that it's weird seeing the Oedetai dance again because the show I started with Stardom was literally the show where they lost the dance. Like, my first ever Stardom show was um, Queen's Quest versus Oedetai. If Queen's Quest wins, <coughs> Oedetai has to give up the dance. If Oedetai wins, Queen's Quest had to give up the masks. Well, I was robbed of Hazuki because my first Hazuki match that I saw was her retirement match. Um, yeah, and then Kagetsu was gone a month later. <laughs> and then Kagetsu was gone a month later. So at least I got, at least I got to see some Kagetsu matches. But, I mean, here... I really, I mean, we are we are lucky because you know you look at this time last year, um, and we were we were super down on Awida time. We weren't the only ones, and thankfully Awida time have started to pick up a little bit. You know, they are genuinely quite saying Tora seems to have grown into a role, but seeing Hazuki and Kagetsu here, it mm. made me realize how much I missed them. Yeah, and I loved the little touch of the TTS colours on the Oedetai gear. Yeah, it was really subtle on Hazuki's, wasn't it? It was really nice. Yeah, and um, I do like the coincidence that the former TCS um, members were just so happened to be in Oedetai right now. I also love when Jungle ran in. <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> that. I did enjoy that. Just running in, yes, sir. And then Konami's like, wait, I'm a heel. Get out. Well, I did think that when it happened, when they all stood on whoever it was, I can't remember exactly who it was, um, and they all did the yes, sir, and I was like, I'm sure, surely they're not just going to ignore And then Konami threw her out, which I thought was really good. You do have to be careful with Jungle, though. She is a, yeah. way, off, uh, a way off recovery yet. Um, but otherwise, a lot of people sort of paired off, sort of, um, obviously, Konami and Shiri paired off. Um, Natsupoi spent a lot of time with Death because mm-hmm. high speed. Um, I say they paired off, but then sort of Asuka was going after everyone. <laughs> yeah, but Asuka didn't actually spend as much time in the ring as a lot of other people, and that sort of, you know, we find out why that is afterwards, but... Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this match was just incredible, incredible fun. Like, they just kept going. I liked... But one thing I did like was Kagetsu was smiling the whole way through. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. She massively so, enjoyed being there. That's so Kagetsu. Like even when she's doing something fuck, fucking sadistic. Um, I liked Asa getting the big win. Yeah, 
Um, it, it didn't bury anyone because it was a roll-up reversal, but no. even so, you know. And can we just say as well, Hazuki especially hasn't wrestled in 18 months. Yeah, didn't lose that. Didn't lose it. Her and Kagetsu were doing fucking suicide dives. Hazuki mm-hmm. um, was moving as fast as she was when she was full-timer. Exactly. I mean, Kagetsu, ultimately, spoiler, would wrestle another match after this and would look great. She was hitting the Oida coaster. Um, she was hitting she hit three suicide dives in a row in the next match. So yeah. she hasn't wrestled, yet hasn't lost a step. And they said on commentary, like, she could walk back into any promotion. Um, and I've got a little bit, actually, that I want to talk about after this, after we've reviewed this. Um, but yeah, overall, this was a really fun high-paced match. You had, like, say, the little pair-off between Suri and Konami, which we've seen before, but, you know, we're never going to get bored of. Um, everyone had their time to shine. Natsupoi was really quick in this match. I know she's quick anyway. She's a quick competitor. But that opening exchange, she was fucking rapid. And it was like watching Sonic the Hedgehog in Smash Bros. It was. It was. Um... Yeah, like Chris mentioned, um, Asuka gets the win over Hazuki after Hazuki tries to roll uh, roll them up and they reverse it. 17 minutes and 57 seconds. There was a really nice moment that I forgot to mention earlier. Obviously, Kyoko is was the initial leader of Uida Tai alongside Kagetsu and she got mm-hmm. involved at one point for Uida yes. Tai. I thought that was great. I thought that little what's, touch was great. What's, what's Ref going to do? Disqualify fire for... Exactly. <laughs> it's her show. She's not going to get disqualified. <laughs> um, ultimately, afterwards, Asuka calls out Kagetsu for a match, and after they clear it with... Pardon me, with Kyoko, it's all ready, and we have what can only be described as a dream match. Yeah. What, I need to, what we need to say quickly, Rob, was do you want to tell the people what happened to you with this match? <laughs> yes i watched this show a couple of days ago um and didn't read because it wasn't it wasn't advertised i thought the end of the eight the eight woman was the end of the show and i knew that there was going to be a video package and i didn't know if i could sit through the video package so i just i stopped it um and then <laughs> this is another plug for your fucking match of the year thread because chris had put this on his match of the year thread I was like, Asuka versus Kagetsu? When the fuck did that happen? (laughs) Oh, bloody hell. I didn't realise I'd forgotten this at the end, so uh, I went back and watched it about, (laughs) what, 50 minutes ago? An hour ago? Yeah, like, turn up 10 minutes later to this podcast because of it. Um, But yeah, ultimately, this was where you realised that Kagetsu had not lost a step. She no. tired a little bit towards the end of the match, which is completely be, understandable. To be fair, she wrestled combined over half an hour. Exactly. So. And she was in this the eight woman tag a lot longer than Asuka was. Mm-hmm. So like she was the main focus of the eight woman tag because she was sort of the main draw. But that being said, um it's still impressive that both like they both did big things in that in the eight man. Mm, definitely. But they still put on a main event worthy match out of nowhere yeah they did yeah and uh like it wasn't and if it wasn't like 10 layers deep it kind of just banged for 10 minutes genuinely that closing stretch that lasted probably about three minutes 
where they just hit each other with fucking everything was great. It was great. It was was like the end of a Fire Pro match. It was. It was. It was a great closing stretch. And it just made me want to see Kagetsu again, (laughs) to be perfectly honest. I miss Kagetsu. And luckily, Asuka's fucking everywhere nowadays, so you can see them, well, everywhere. Yeah, for those those who don't know, she's um, they are Venny from... AEW. Yeah, the, and the AEW tournament also wrestles in Seedling. Occasionally turns up in DDT. Um, well, have they wrestled this year? Um, Marvelous Zero One. Oh, if you want, if you've seen that picture of them doing the moonsault, that's from Zero One. Is that the outdoor one? Yeah, next to the yeah, blossom tree. That looks. That is whoever took that photo deserves a raise. It was yeah, such a they, great they, image. If they had a like, if they had a pound for every time someone took that, didn't credit them, and put it on Twitter, they'd be a millionaire. <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately, um, Asuka gets the victory. Another really, really, really good match, and one that no one expected. Um, obviously, after that, we had um a moment silence. Um, we had the ten bell salute. I held it together, Chris, um, during the initial video package. So after this, mm. we had a video package that sort of went through Hannah's career. Um, I struggled a little bit when they had Hannah as a small child. That got me. Um, but I was okay throughout the rest of the video package. And then they had Kyoko in the ring with the picture of Hannah. And in the corner, they had the gear that Hannah had designed her brand new ring entrance that she'd designed before her death um, that she basically commissioned to go and get done and made. And they had that in the corner of the ring and just that. And then they cut to Jungle, who was doing the 10 bell salute on, uh, sorry, the 10 bell salute on the, on the ring bell. And she was just in pieces. So, yeah, I lost it at that point. That was the bit where I was like, "Oh my god, this is, this is awful." Um, but once they once they did that, they they had another further package of wrestlers from absolutely everywhere just saying matinee, which of course means see you again, not goodbye. Um, and you had everyone from Tajiri to Hikaru Shida to Kenny Omega to Keiji Muto to Keno to a litany of Joshi wrestlers. Um, and then obviously it ended with Kyoko. Um, and that was where I turned it off because by this point I was in floods. Um, ultimately, Chris, this was a beautiful send-off to a beautiful soul. Um, mm-hmm. it, so every match represents the like represented a different side of Hannah. Yeah, like her inspirations in the opener. Mm-hmm. Um, a great send up to how comical she was as a person in the Battle Royal, and then some of her best friends and opponents in the main events. So, and you know, we had you know little nuances, little tributes throughout these matches. You had Azuki doing the boot through the ropes. You had Kigetsu trying to win the main event with the with Hydrangea. Um. It is worth noting that Stardom were running a show, obviously, <laughs> quite controversially with most fans, um, somewhere else, and they had a moment's silence as well. Um, and Mayu, who had a singles match with Julia, um, also locked in the Hydrangea as a tribute as well. So there was tributes throughout the Stardom show as well. Um, but yeah, overall, 
this was this was so well put together. You know, there was the really bad echo um, with the ring canvas mics and the mics they were speaking into. There was a really, really bad echo, really bad reverb. Um, but to be honest, I didn't think that took away from it too much. Um, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the show. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. And obviously we wish Kyoku... Um, every good wish we possibly can and obviously rest in peace Hannah so yeah before we go on to the Cinderella tournament I just wanted to talk about um, Kigetsu and Hazuki because obviously you know it's now going to be oh I wonder if they'll ever come out of retirement well they did an interview after this and the wonderful person that is at 1222 Dragon Moon on Twitter Seriously, go and follow them. Their translations are amazing. Actually, translated the interview, which is great. I'm not going to go through the entire interview. That would be that would take me ages. But um, from what Kagetsu and Hazuki have said, uh, Kagetsu has come out and said, "No, this this is still my final match. Um, this is the end of my wrestling career. Um, this is this is my today was my final match ever. She's working a job for a company. She hasn't been out in the media though. That might change." Um, but she says she she won't be coming out to wrestle again. However, Hazuki um, has basically said, you know, well, maybe sometime in the future or maybe not. Let's just say it depends on everyone. She's having a much more flexible mind and making decisions accordingly. Um, you know, she's she's 23. So if she when, came back... I hate it when talented people are younger than me. <laughs> I mean, if she comes back... She's still got a ridiculous amount of time in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they do come back, I don't know. Um, it seems that Kagetsu is done. Um, whether Hazuki comes back and whether Hazuki comes back to stardom um, is obviously a little bit more up in the air. But I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to speculate. I just thought that was a really, really interesting interview. If you want to go and read the interview that's been translated, go again to at one two 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 Dragon Moon on Twitter. Their translations are always tremendous. But Chris, let's talk more about Stardom. So obviously, their Cinderella tournament rolled on to its second day uh, from Corican Hall from the fourteenth of May. Um, in front of 556 people. This was the second round and quarter finals of the tournament with the semi-finals and the final taking place at the newly moved Tokyo Dream Cinderella Special Edition. We opened up uh, with a Future of Stardom tournament match with Mina Shirakawa defeating Ruaka at five minutes and one second with a flying forearm uh chris what do you think of this um it was much better than some of its parts like i expected it to be shite because it's mina and a child but it turned out to be pretty good <laughs> mina was harder hitting <laughs> than usual <laughs> um as in the back fist didn't immediately make me want to to retire mm-hmm. um ruaka is fat is a it's surprisingly good at big boots. I think. <laughs> like, Racket's going to be a great bruiser um, mm. once she's grown into it. She's, yeah. she's just mini Tora. That's all it is. 
I, I, I wouldn't. I don't want to typecast her like that because that's just a bit mean. But she dresses like Tori, <laughs> has a haircut like Tori, walks like, like Tori. <laughs> she doesn't dress exactly like Tori. Well, no, not exactly, but it still looks like Tori. Her hair—it definitely looks like she's discovered the pixies and cigarettes. Ah, I remember those. Things. <laughs> <laughs> That's like you hear do little change in your fucking life. Um, That's a great album name, by the way, Pixies and Cigarettes. Um, <laughs> for the first album from a Podmania band coming soon. <laughs> um, but the thing is with a Podmania band, we know who's playing guitar, who's playing bass, and who's playing drums. We just don't know who the fuck's singing. No, no, that is a good point. We, <laughs> do. we either need an, someone to hire someone who can sing or pay for one of us to sing. I think it should be Gaff. Because it would be a nice novelty to have um, the drummer singing. There is that. He does. I imagine he sings in a really thickly Geordie accent, though. Oh, he def- He probably. He's probably a baritone. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, he's definitely a baritone. It'd be so weird if he was soprano. Eh? <laughs> Just opens his mouth. Ah! Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I actually quite enjoyed this match for what it was. Mina continues to look crisp, uh, growing every time she's in the ring. I, you know. Her offense has become considerably better in the time she's been in stardom. Ruaka continues to grow in the heel role. I think she suits being a heel. Um, it suits her offense a little bit more than being a babyface. Um, like I said, that being that bruiser. I gave it two and three quarter stars. Mina goes on into the tournament, which I think is a surprise to no one, Chris. No, it wasn't. she wasn't going to be beaten by a child. And again, it's probably going to be Mina and a child in the... Final, unless we do Mina and Nagi, God, that would suck. Uh, it would be an interesting but, dynamic. Yeah, it's very rarely you see two um, drowning fish fighting. <laughs> um, we then had a four-way match, Natsupoi defeating Hannon and Lady C and Tam in five minutes and 17 seconds. And we had a six-woman tag following that. Are we the tag team of Fukukin Death, Konami and Tora? defeating the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Hina, and Momo in 5 minutes, 11 seconds. Momo oh, got buried. Don't start. I have I hold nothing but contempt for people who keep going, Momo's buried. I'm sick of seeing it on my timeline. If Momo's so good, I would. if I was Momo and I was so good, I just wouldn't lose because I'm not a loser. Wow. <laughs> wow. Shoot on the mob. Shoot on them, brother. We moved back on to the Cinderella tournament then. Second round match with Saya Kamatani defeating Starlight Kid at 7 minutes and 12 seconds, reversing a pin. Chris, what was your opinion? Uh, fucked so hard. Oh my God. It was so good. It was. Yeah, I can't can't disagree, mate. I thoroughly, it, thoroughly enjoyed this match. It, much in the same way the Momo match was, it was just a seven-minute finishing stretch. Mm-hmm. Like it could have ended at any point. See, on the it's it's basically a high-speed match, um, but with the added element of you can win by going over the top rope. Um, they started doing lucha shit and then just started wailing on each other. Um, so there was still a sense of escalation, despite the fact they started at a million miles an hour. Um, they managed to get a win out without making either person look weak. Turns out you don't need half an hour draws to do that. Stardom. Um, just ah, so good, so good. It up to that point is the best match of the tournament so far. Yeah, there's definitely. not a lot to say though because it kind of just fucks. <laughs> well, they had a little bit of history, obviously, with Saya having beaten Starlight in the five star the previous year. Um, 
it was a really energetic athletic opening and um, there was ingenuity from both competitors you got a really cool transition from Sire to get into the Muta lock um Starlight Kids did a really cool move to get into the sliced bread um there was a callback oh, where she was just sort of flipping around the just ring flipping until around she... the ring to find a <laughs> corner yeah, it's literally, oh shit, I'm in the wrong position. Okay, this is how we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They didn't like that. I thought she was doing with Destino for a second. <laughs> uh, they didn't let that ruin the match, though, by any stretch. There was a great callback to the way that Saya eliminated Tam in the previous round, um, coming off of the springboard um, Hurricane Rana, but ta- uh, Starlight reversed it. There was a couple of sloppy moments in this match, but they covered very well for them. Um, and ultimately, it was just a really, really, really fun match to watch. I gave it three and three quarters, Chris. I agree with you. It's one of the best matches of the tournament, if not the best match of the tournament. Until the next one, spoilers. Um, I give it four, and I think it's basically tired of the next one. They're good for different reasons. Speaking of the next match, match five was another second round Cinderella tournament match with Micah defeating Julia at 7 minutes and 38 seconds via over-the-top rope elimination. Um, I say over-the-top ring, over-the-top rope elimination, Chris. Fucking hell! Yeah, we'll go on to that in a second, but the first thing I want to say is um, Micah should be the leader of DDM now because pulling off Julia's wig is a fucking power move. (laughs) (laughs) We're so casual, too, just Julia's on the apron and she just walks up and tugs it off. That is Micah style. It was, it was hilarious. Um, yeah, to be honest, this is probably Micah's best match ever for me. Yeah, you didn't enjoy the Utami match as much as I, I did, was, did. You? I wasn't, I wasn't massive on the Utami match, but this I really enjoyed. They kind of just wailed on each other for several minutes, dropping each other in the head. Julia's backdrop is getting more and more um, vicious now that she doesn't have hair. Mother um, of God. Yeah, it's pretty fucking high, wasn't it? <laughs> there was this one, and then there was one in a match that we're going to talk about later on. Fucking hell! Yeah, not. It's like, oh, you have a neck. I resent that. <laughs> and then um, there was a moment but... as well that Micah is hanging off the top turnbuckle. Yeah, and, and she just straight up bumps onto it, fucking like hell. on the back of. Yeah, Julie and then just straight up stops too. it. Yeah, and that's basically how it ends too, but with Micah to Julia. <laughs> I don't know what on <laughs> earth they were attempting here. Were they trying El Generico's ring post brain buster or something? You know what would have made this better? Is if just before Micah fell. Um, no, just before Julia fell, rather, Micah just went, long live the king. <laughs> <laughs> Goes full Lion King. <laughs> yeah, and then um, very suddenly the entirety of Oedetai just stomped through. And trample. <laughs> um, yeah, Ma- Micah looks like she's going for a brain buster, and then I don't know whether she slips or if she hasn't got Julia right or whatever happens. But anyway, she drops her head first on the turnbuckle, splits her head open, um, and then just fucking belts her off the ring apron with a kick. Um, Julia needed five stitches in her head afterwards, apparently. Um, but yeah, this was just this was hard hitting. It's the confidence in Micah. Obviously, you've got you know these two have never faced off in singles competition before this. Um, you know, Micah's baying for blood. 
after her and Himika's loss at Yokohama. Um, Julia says if she wins, she's going after the white belt because she wants a belt back. But it was just, especially to begin with, Micah was out wrestling Julia. And I thought that was really cool. This newfound confidence that Micah's growing into with every match. And, you know, Julia is the undisputed at the moment top of DDM. I'd love to see a power struggle between her and Micah. That would be so cool. Again, just say long live the king and we're there. Um, that's the point. You can go on like a journey through Japan, discovers two like, um, kind-hearted but bumbling Joshi wrestlers. Um, there's more to see than that can ever be seen, etc., etc., etc. People call it the best Disney movie ever, when in reality it's not. Aladdin is. Good times. What did you give this, Chris? Four. I we, also we, gave we, it four. Like yeah, I also gave it four. It speaks volumes about how well these two women worked together when there was no way getting around it. There was a massive botch at the end, and it still mm-hmm. worked. And, and it only went seven minutes. I'm getting cre- I'm, like I'm finding in my old age that um, increasingly. I'm more impressed by short matches that fuck rather than like I. It's easy to make a long match fuck because you're just gonna get there through pure volume, mm. otherwise known as the Will Osprey approach. But then in six, like for example, I think of like some of the best sub ten minute matches this year was like Tam and Starlight. Mm-hmm. Um, these two on this show, mm-hmm. um, basically every high speed defense. Yeah. Um, and then a couple matches from. Um, Yukio Sakaguchi and DDT against Hiroshima and Yusuke Okada. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, most of them have around the same ratings that I gave to Harpershire and Wrestle Kingdom. And I'm looking at them going, that's just more impressive because at the end of the day, like, take something like um, Okada versus Osprey or White versus Ibushi, where I gave both of them four, I believe. And then, but like, also, they had so much time to work with and do stupid things but then you have these matches going seven and they're just as enjoyable agreed it takes a real skill to be able to tell a story in that short amount of time because you saw it in the champion carnival last year yeah a lot of not this year but this year they managed to make it work but last year um if someone was given a short match they just didn't seem to know how to pace it properly it would end just as it would get going um because apparently kenta mirahara was the only person they wanted to give time to so it didn't work, but some that's one of the things I love about Stardom because as we'll talk about later, when Stardom fuck with longer time frames, it doesn't really work. Like I understand we've had long matches in the past, but I was things like Il Shirai versus Mayu Watani, where like it makes sense that they'd go long. Um, but like half the long matches in Stardom don't land properly. Like um, Tam versus Julia didn't land properly. That fucking tag match at um, Yokohama didn't land properly. Um, Julia versus Shuri landed, but only just. So, like, this isn't a roster that seem overly comfortable going long in a lot of situations, but a lot of their best matches are short. So, I'm saying it's it kind of shows that Bushi Road trying to Bushi Road up Stardom isn't a good idea, and they should just let Stardom be Stardom. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. I, I, I do agree. It's something that I I do like about Stardom is the shorter time limits. Um, and this tournament, this tournament, this show flies by because no match goes above eight minutes. 
yeah, so it really I've... does fly by. It's a, it's a really fun. It would have been like more fun if this is part of like an actual fucking one one night eight man tournament. But you know we can't have everything. We can't have everything. I'm sorry. Chris. Well, well, we, well, we can. It's just they don't like us anymore, Rob. They don't like us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not coming. We're not coming back. We're not going to get cigarettes, Rob. We're in, we're in Tahiti. Wow, Jesus. Match six, then Cinderella second round match with Suri defeating Utami at six minutes and seventeen seconds via over the top rope. Um, this is a prelude to what will we assume is going to be the main event of Tokyo Dream for the red belt. Um, yeah, and as such, it was kind of just there. Well, like it was, it was there to set up their dynamic, and most and like most of this six minutes are filler. And then the ending was really fucking good. Well, the ending was great. Jesus Christ. It's the only match, really, especially on this show, where they still opened as though this was a match with no time limit. Yeah. All the other matches with the Cinderella tournament um, time limit wrestle a quicker style especially initially mm. you know they go hard you know look at the mayu versus himika match that we yeah and, look at and, the tra- and they're working to get people over the top rope as well as going for pins exactly and if they're going for pins chances are it's a flash pin but here they started with mat and chain wrestling which yeah which it- is what utami and shuri do which i get but also that was really annoying i found that really annoying last year when utami and micah did it because it's like that's not it, it like it makes for a good match, but it doesn't make for a good Cinderella match. They've used it here as a prelude for me, and you know they're, they're two but... competitors that don't want to give too much away in terms of their future match. So it actually makes sense if you think about it. Yeah, oh no, I, I'm not blaming this match for not giving a ton away, seeing how we're running this match in a bigger venue soon. Um, but also it did mean this match suffered again, with the exception of the ending, which was. A there was a German suplex on the apron, which I don't know if you know which Rob is the hardest part of the ring. I've heard rumours. I've heard rumours that it is. Yeah, um, I knew this because, um, not to brag, I DM William Regal sometimes, and he informed <laughs> me that it's the hardest part. You and Willie Regs? Yeah, but big old with like, um, big I was like, Willie hey man. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, in, I, I just messaged him when I was in a. When I was in Blackpool recently, and I was like, hey, Billiam, uh, I understand you have a show tonight, but, you know, wanted me to put West Spoons, and unfortunately he couldn't. But, you know, we chat on the regs, me and Billiam. We mostly talk about Doctor Who. So. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, this does escalate to a fucking great closing sequence, like you mentioned, Chris. That released German suplex, Utami hits on Suri on the apron. Fucking hell. Um, and then Suri responds by decapitating Utami with a running knee. Um, <laughs> to end up winning with the uh, via over the top rope elimination, going on to face Unagi in the quarterfinal. Main event Unagi is a choice. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll go into that in a moment. Um. I gave this three and a half, Chris. Um. Did I rate? I forgot to rate. <laughs> Just go with mine then. Fuck it. Just go with mine, Chris. Just say I'm right. Go on. Say I'm right. Um. If I had to rate it on the spot, I'd probably go a bit lower. I'd probably oh, go three and a quarter. You're just being a cunt on purpose. I'm not being a cunt on purpose. Why are you being a cunt on purpose? We have very distinctly different rating styles. We do. We do. 
match seven then. The semi-main saw the first quarter-final match uh, with Himika defeating Mayu Iwatani at six minutes and 14 seconds via over-the-top rope elimination. Mayu has a bye into the quarterfinals because Rina withdrew. Now, I can't actually find why she withdrew, um, but she has got a return match. So it's all good. She'll be fine. Thank God. Um, yes, Chris, this was a fucking mess. Like, I want to tell you to take Mayu out early, which makes sense, but then it didn't count. And then she gets thrown over the top anyway, so what did this achieve? And then, like, the stuff in the match, I completely forget because I was too busy being confused of why Mayu's still in the fucking match. Um, I understand why Odisai attacking, we're still feuding with Stars. Yep. But also, why did you have that and then not have it factor into a thing? It's a choice. It doesn't make any sense. And, like, I'm I'm fine with this particular match being an angle match because it gets Himika through to the next round and it gets um, Heat on a way to tie while also protecting Mayu. It, it it would have all worked just fine because we say we say this a million times. Despite the fact you often get good matches out of them, stardom tournaments aren't completely about the match quality; they're about um, the tournament itself. So this would have been great, and also would the people about the would have been big because like oh, you're besmirching a prestigious tournament. Only it's not that prestigious this year because they fucked up the format. Um, but then it didn't play into the end. It's a mess. It's a fucking mess. And I don't know how we fucking got a positive score in case match because it's a mess. Oh my God. Like, I'm not being funny. My fucking personal life is less muddled than this. Jesus. Yeah. Um. Basically, the the way that I see it, I mean, are we the time running twice? The first time they eliminate Mayu, it's not an elimination. They restart the match. The second time they do it, it is an elimination. Um, the referee's like, oh, I can't, I need can't to get home. Can't be fucked with this. Now, I, I, need, to, I need to get home, lads. My, my niece has a violin recital. Yeah, wrap it up, guys. Um, the only thing that I can think is that the first time it wasn't Himika that actually did the elimination. It was part of, it was a member of Oweda Town, whereas the second time Oida Tai caused the distraction, but it was Himika that eliminated Mayu. That's the only thing I can think. But why I, I think, why they I, needed to do it twice, I don't know. I think this match would have banged more, like, well, hit harder if they just had that first elimination be the one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because this match ultimately was there for the post-match. Mm-hmm. Where... Awida Tai continued to beat up stars until former high speed and artist champion Kaguma redebuts as Stars' hey. newest member, which was a really nice moment. We we sort of guessed it was gonna happen anyway, but to have it happen was great. Um Tora calls have a fat because that's also... apparently what people in stardom do now. I I didn't get a chance to rant about the Julia Momo stuff because oh, I fucking hated Jesus. that too. Um... Why is this? Our new de facto thing. Well, you're fat. You can talk. Oh, just stop it. Just stop it. Um, Having a high-speed person re-debut might be a good idea now that they're looking to uh, move Kid up a bit. Absolutely, yeah. So it gives a new dynamic to Stars. Also, Stars it was like basically 50-50 children. <laughs> well, there was only four members of Stars. In fact, there's three members of Stars. Mayu, oh, yeah, Starlight, Hannon. 
yeah, because he Ed has gone. Um, death got stolen. Jungle's um, injured. Jungle's injured. And Ruaka then two, left. Yeah, left. Then two, yeah, two of the kids fucking. Well, they defected. do need someone. They do need yeah, someone. And, and then Cosmic Angel, and also Cosmic Angels happened. So stars are kind of people just got realizing the stars are like boring. They went <laughs> from being instantly, instantly too big to instantly too small. Yeah, like where they had that fucking weird three-headed dragon of Tamarisa and um, to Jesus Christ, what? A... It's basically it's basically just a clubhouse with me with Mayu and Starlight at this point. Oh, it would have been incredible, and, it, and it's happened so gradually. But I only just realised that it's happened. <laughs> like at first, it was Tam and Mina leaving. Then it was the kid. Like it's just happened so gra- Like you know when um you have like a D and D group or whatever, and then gradually so many people drop off. It's basically just you, a couple other people in the DM, and you're like, huh, this really drops off. I wonder what happened to Spartacus. <laughs> um, just going back to the in ring action. I know that the are we the tire run-ins, you know, were a little bit nonsensical. It made sense storyline, but you know, just do it once. Um, there was some decent action that we can talk about. I mean, Himika, fucking hell, that JP Coaster psycho driver thing where she drops May right on the crown of her head. Like, Jesus Christ, I, May, why do you do this? I think I'd prefer it if Himika did the burning hammer, just because I like shouting burning hammer. Well, I just don't want Mayu to land on her head anymore. I I just, I don't know how long I, her I, neck I mean, can I'm, stand I, it. I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of numb to it at this point. But then she followed it up with a fucking vicious power bomb. Like, yeah, there was it was oh. like a proper like Kevin Nash. I don't care where you're gonna land, power. Bomb. Yeah, it was, it was. Um, but yeah, ultimately Himika progresses to the semi-finals. Um, it's a you know, it's fine the way they've done this. Um, I just wish they'd done one of the Oe the Tie run-ins, not done one. Not counted it and then them do it again. It just it, yeah, it kind it kind of just it diluted it. It diluted it, it when it does actually happen. If it's already happened yeah. once in a match, your match is only six minutes. It's it's diluted. Just do it once and that'll be fine. We then move on to our main event, which is another Cinderella quarter final match with Yunagi Sayaka defeating Suri at 8 minutes and 40 seconds via over-the-top-rope elimination. Go on then, Chris, because I know you're desperate to talk about main event Yunagi. It's a bit of a choice. <laughs> like mm. You see like a um, big hurricane card for, a, um, for one of your two biggest tournaments of the year. And you're like, you know what? You know what we're going to have like advertised as like the big match? You know what's going to be like our biggest match of the night? Unagi. The, you know that girl who's like not had, who's had like maybe two or three good singles matches? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. It makes perfect. It makes perfect sense. The booking here is flawless, Robert. There's nothing wrong with this on a conceptual level. Nothing at all. Nothing. Sadden's perfect. I don't know what you're bitching about. I didn't mind this match, to be fair. <laughs> the match was fine. It was, <laughs> I didn't mind it. I, it was too long. Though. It like, was it, too it, long. It's weird saying about an eight-minute match, but like Unagi's shit kind of gets old after five. Basically, um, well, you had Unagi, who basically jumps the bell, 
to attack yeah. Shuri. And I, um, and I was kind of hoping that Shuri being who she is, you know how like some people, like you know how some people can just drag um, urgency out of people. Like Minoru Suzuki is a perfect example of this, where he can drag um, urgency and intensity out of you. Like he managed to drag it out of Sonata, which is hard. Ha- yeah, like I, d- I don't think he's ever felt an emotion other than meh. Which is coincidentally also my review of most <laughs> um, matches. matches. Um, but with Una- like Unagi wasn't hitting harder, despite the fact Shiri would have definitely allowed it. Um, she was hitting softer than usual. Like I remember, I think on a- on the last podcast, I was noting some of her offense was looking good. Um, not in this match. She- she- all the good parts of this match were Shiri. Um, she really fucking bumped through her at the end off the apron. Um. It was fine. It was fine. Like it was inoffensive. I'm not going to rant about it. On a conceptual level, this match is flawed because why is he not like? Because Unagi getting a run through the Cinderella would have meant a whole lot of the fucking ton more if it was done over one or even two days. Because that run can then be condensed. But right now the run is kind of going a bit unflagged because we're going a month between these fucking Cinderella tournament shows. I don't mind them. I, I, I'm not going to rant about it. We, I think you did a wonderful job of that on the last episode. Um, but I, I don't, I don't particularly mind it. Yes, this match went too long. Um, you can argue that the story was basically Siori getting complacent, beating the shit out of Unagi, and then getting complacent, and that's ultimately why she lost. Unagi, um, of course, a winner of an over-top battle royal, so it's her specialty. Exactly, exactly. Quick um, breakers right there. Ultimately, I didn't hate it. You can argue that it went long, longer, should I say, I say long, it's eight minutes, longer because you are looking to Suri to basically paste Unagi around the ring for a bit to build that baby face fire. But yes, I do agree, it could have been condensed. Ultimately, I don't think I'd have ranted about it as much if it wasn't a main event. Yeah, the, like difficulty, it, like, the difficulty was what in, what potentially they should have done is have Utami and Siori lower down the card. But, but again, the, at that point, the problem is you've got second round matches main... and quarterfinals. Yeah, I think also the issue there is you'd then have to have Himika in May, which was worse than this B main event. So there wasn't really a good way to wrap this up, but also... I don't know. I feel there's other ways you could have done it. <laughs> you say you do. You say that though. At least, pardon me. The Mayu match ended with the return of Kaguma. Yeah, so it could have ended on like a decent moment. Exactly. You could. Yes, Mayu's been eliminated, but you know Kaguma's returning. So, and I'm really, really excited for that. Um, that does give us the semi-finals as follows. So the semi-finals that will take place on the 12th of June are Unagi Sayaka versus Micah. And Himika versus Saya Kamatani. Um, we talked at the very, very start of the tournament, Chris, about who we thought was going to win. My pick was instantly out because fuck you, Rob. That's why. Um, in Azumi. Who was my pick again? Shuri? I think your pick was. You said, I think you said Shuri or Micah. No, I think I said Shuri and then I retracted Shuri because I realized that they were building towards. Shiri and Utami at thingy, and we were just gonna have Shiri beat Utami. So, uh, either way, I don't, I don't think I made a backup pick, so our picks are out. 
Um, if I had to pick from the current field, I would love uh, um, Sire versus Micah final. I think that would be a good way to put forward the statement of a young company and B, that they're two people who seldom very clearly want to get more behind, which is often what the Cinderella tournament's been used for over the last few years. So, yeah, you. Yeah. And also, it's either that or have fucking Unagi in the final. Well, Which, no. I don't. Yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised. She's had the run. You know, she surprised people. I, I mostly just don't want it to happen because I openly laughed when a question came up of Unagi winning the turn. <laughs> yeah, we should apologize to that person. Unfortunately, I can't remember who it was, but we did. We did. And you might be right. So you might have actually done a better job at the Pickens than us, and we do a podcast on Stardom. So who the fuck are we? I mean, like, here's the thing. I still don't think I'd be wrong to laugh. It's like if someone said at the beginning of 2020, hey, Evil's going to be IWGP double champion. Yeah, Um, nobody fucking saw that coming, did they? Jesus. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's not exactly, like, weird things happen in wrestling when Bushi Road owned you. Yeah, it's not set in stone by any stretch of the imagination. Um, a lot of people said Sire from the get-go. Um, and if you believe what... I do think it's going to be a Sire versus Micah final. I think you've made a good point there, Chris, about them being behind those two. You think about the 10th anniversary and the Budokan show. Stardom made a statement by having Micah main event the 10th anniversary show and Sire then headline Budokan. They're two big statements. To then have both of those in the final, the future of stardom, it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Um it wouldn't surprise me if Micah wins this. The only reason I say that is because Sire has a legitimate claim to the Y belt anyway, having eliminated Tam in the first round. Now yeah. that's that's flimsy reasoning, I understand that. And if Sire wins, don't get me wrong, I am in no way bothered by that at all. Whoever wins, you know, assuming that it is a Sire versus Micah final, whoever wins that I'm going to be happy with because it is, you know, it's a future pick. You know, Mm. if any, you know, the four people that are in the semifinals, I mean, they're all stars of the future. You know, you look at, well, except for maybe Unagi, who's 31. I just realised I can still save my story from before where... Utami runs through DDM before losing to Julia. If Himika wins. That's true. That's true. And then she'd only have to run through Natsupoi, which I honestly I think they'd just skip, but she'd run through the original quadruple of DDM and then Julia will beat Utami. I think that could be good symmetry. It's what they do in um a lot of places for defaction based booking, so yeah, I wouldn't hate that. Imagine, though, if Micah wins, then beats Utami, and that's the power struggle in DDM. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure Micah's ready. They, I don't think they put it on Micah before they put it on Julia, but what a fucking I mean, people would have thought that about that. People would have thought that about Utami and Momo. That's a good point. That is a good point. But it would be a power struggle, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. they've already sown those seeds of it, so... It could work. I mean, we're, we're yeah. assuming that if Micah wins, she'd go for the red belt. She might go for the white belt. Um, yeah, I think they want to break that trend, though, because it's been white belt for, what, the last three or four winners? 
Um, yes. No, two or three, I think, not three or four. No, Tony Storm went with the red belt. In yeah, but then Aretha went for the white belt and became Momo the best. Went, Momo went for the white belt. Julia went for the white belt. Yeah, so you're right. Yes. You're right. Julia had to go for an extra fucking tournament to get that white belt. It's true. That made no fucking sense whatsoever. <laughs> Use your wish, Julia. You have a wish. Yeah, you just have a wish. wish. Your wish can't be just, I want to be in the tournament. Also, what fucking claim did Konami have? Um, and she put forward the idea of the tournament. Fuck you, Konami. No, I won. That's why she put forward the idea. It's like, well, it's my idea. And if, honestly, if I have the idea, I should be in it. Just we can all agree on that, right? Julie was like, no, it's mine. It's I'm, like, wearing, it's all, I'm it's wearing like, a dress. To be fair, in retrospect, isn't that how um, Naito got into the, the double gold dash? Because he suggested it. Because he suggested it, yeah. And then they were like, oh, you have to beat Tai Chi. Why is Tai Chi the gatekeeper of that tournament? Um, 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 don't you fucking... Do you respect that man's fucking name? Just out of interest, though, talking about that, does that mean if Tai Chi had beaten Naito, he'd have been in the double gold dash? Yeah. Absolute nonsense. And it's and and in, I saw Forrest Silver talk about this, and like he made a good point where if Jay White versus Naito and um, Ibushi versus Okada were just for standalone matches for those belts, no one would have bat the eyelids. So it wasn't a tournament more than it was just for winners the next day. Yeah, no, they, they called not. it a tournament and ruined it with booking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the booking was flimsy to say the least. I kind of wish Tai Chi had won. Bro. Oh, a proper spanner in the works, wouldn't it? I would have loved it. Like Tai Chi's a better, better fucking choice than evil. Have we gotten to new? Let's move on. Let's move on. Um. So as we said at the top of the show, it's it is my fault that we have been away so long, and in our absence, Stardom have run twelve fucking shows. Now, obviously, we're already at the hour and a half mark. So we're not going to be running through all these shows. Um, What we're going to do, though, is um, from the 17th of April through to um, the 15th, which are the shows that I've seen in, well, not in full, but we're just going to highlight a couple of the matches that we watched, that we enjoyed, that we think you should go out of your way. If you, you know, like us have missed some of the shows, you can go out of your way to go and watch as well. Um, So... Obviously, the first thing we want to do, Chris, there was two goddesses of stardom tag title defenses. Um, the first of which um, was on the 2nd of May, um, the Golden Week Night 1. It was the main event, and Julia and Suri defeated the Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Momo Watanabe in 20 minutes and 12 seconds with the Northern Lights bomb. This was fucking great, Chris. Yeah, it it was kind of just what you'd want from it. Like the goddesses' straps have been a bit meh this year, haven't they? Um, hold on, have a look at match title matches by year. Yeah, like the first really good match of them was probably this this year. Um, like everything else was kind of being um, Konami. We started out with being Konami. Then um, where and their stuff was fine. Um, yeah. Himiko and Micah, but like, it was fine, but that was mostly an afterthought, an afterthought like their Torin and Saki match at Budokan, and then their match with Cosmic Angels, which went 18 minutes for staggering reasons, which I'll never understand. Um, then they lost the match, 
that in the main event of Yokohama Cinderella in a boring, overly long, plodding match with a good ending that tricked people into thinking it was good. Um, and then these last two matches have been the best match matches for the belt all year. So, oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We we spoke about Chris the um, Julia's backdrop suplex. The one she hits on Azumi here, Jesus Christ! Yeah, also I'm loving the um, Northern Lights bomb. It's one of my favorite moves. Oh, Julia hits it so well. Yeah, and so it, it helps well. that she hits it on much smaller people. Yeah, she so it looks like the crumple as soon as looks like the crumple as soon as they hit the ground. Um, yeah, this much kind of just it's one of those ones where it's just like that's the thing about multi-mans. You don't really need. A long runtime. It kind of just needs to bang for a short amount of time, and then everyone can get their shit in, which mm-hmm. we did here. I'm glad that Shuri dropped the UFC um, top just because it was a bit on the nose. It's like, oh yes, I've been a cage fighter. What of it? Um, yeah, again, it's one of those matches where there's not a ton to say because they kind of just dropped each other on their heads for 20 minutes, and it led to a fun time. Yeah, basically, you've got four people in the ring that can go, and they brought it. Um, yeah, Sherry continues to have amazingly good chemistry with the high-speed people. Yes, yeah, she does. Um, she proved at Corican that she had great chemistry with Azumi, and they displayed that again here. Um, I thought Azumi did really well, and this is going to be a compliment that I pay Starlight Kid a little bit further down the line. Um did really well as the baby face under fire from Suri and Julia. Um, mm-hmm. And Julia and Suri, who, by the way, I believe are referred to as Alto Lavello Caballoan, or ALK. I don't know what that means, but it's Alk. ALK, Ulk. Um, so I really Control enjoyed the fact that <laughs> the Ulk were separating the ring, um, cutting Azumi off from tagging Momo back in. Um the Momo and Julia exchanges were great. Um, ultimately, like I said before, it is four people who slap, slapping. That's literally what it is. It's a great match. Go out of your way to yeah, watch it. it. It doesn't quite make up for the fucking bill. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't quite make up for the whole Momo's fat thing, um, which I, I still just... don't. Like, I remember seeing that thinking, I'm not looking forward to have, having to cover any of it. And then they go in and it's like, they're not really feeding me, just had a tag title match. It was just, it was just a Twitter thing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I just, I don't want that to permeate every single Stardom feud because I'm sure Tora has had this with somebody else before she did it with Kaguma. Oh, she called, uh, didn't she call it? Saki Beansprout? No, there was something else. There was, a different feud where she got called fat um, and it's just like, or she called someone fat and it's just like, come on, we're better than this. Let's, let's not do this again. Um, but it's, yeah. Wait, it's Mojo. <laughs> fat asses. Um, fat asses. <laughs> oh, Scott Steiner. Yeah, go out of your way to watch this one. Um, the rest of the card's fine, but just go and check out this match. It's really, really good. Really good. They then had their second defense in Nagoya 
on the 15th of May at the Nagoya Congress Center in front of 263 people, where they defended and were successful against MK Sisters with Julia pinning Starlight Kid, again with the Northern Lights bomb that they are building as an indestructible move, which I am a fan of. Chris, for me, Starlight Kid was the standout in this match. Yeah, she was with Babyface and Perov. Most of it, she was very fiery. Um, her again, every criticism we had of her this time last year is basically gone. Her offense is no longer weak. She has a bit of a wider variety of moves. She has some kill moves she can pull out in a in a flash, and yeah, it's just a perfect distillation of her improvement, which is great because she was definitely like v highlighting this match, and that's the and that this match includes fucking Shiri, Julia, and May. Mm. And they're having a bit of a, I get, I guess it makes sense after the year she had last year, but she's having a bit of a low key year, isn't she? I don't want to say bad because she's not had any bad performances really, but like with the exception of a match with Yashiko, she's not really got a ton of match of the year contenders under her belt. I don't think it's a case of, um... and it's not, it's not a case of she's not being pushed to have these great matches because she had a tan match. She had, she's been in a fair few big tags like this one. Mm. Um, like I'm not, I'm not criticizing her because, quite frankly, if she kept going the way she was going in 2020. She'd probably be dead right now. But yeah, she's been in a lot of multi-bands, hasn't she? This feud with yeah. um Tai, the feud with Cosmic Angels. It's been more of a mm-hmm. team-based feud as opposed to a singles feud. But yeah, like you said, the Yoshiko match proved that she can still go with the best of them. So well, no, I'm not, not saying where she can go, and she's just sort of having a um almost a rest year. Yeah, I mean this. This match was fantastic. I don't know what the fuck was with the blue filter on the hard cam, but it was doing. That was weird, wasn't it? It was. It was one camera though. There was four camera angles, and three of them were fine. Yeah, it was so jarring when you got to the wide camera. Did we just bring the wrong camera? (laughs) I think so. Did someone just not take the saran wrap off the off the lens? Did someone like lean on the mixing desk and is like the make blue button? I love the fact that you think that there's a make blue button. I don't I know, but it's probably like a colour mixture mixing component and like normally the main colours are like red, green and blue. <laughs> so like someone just leaned on blue and it went right up. Maybe that person's just a massive fan of Eiffel. Maybe. Um, yeah, this match was great. I actually enjoyed this match more than the Momo AZ uh, versus ALK match. Same here. This one I enjoyed just because I made the comparison between Azumi and Starlight Kid earlier. Starlight Kid played the fiery baby face so fucking well. Like yeah, she because... spent so much time in the ring on her own being cut off from Mayu. She got <laughs> the shit beaten out of her, but she brought the fire. And the fact that they played on the history between Starlight and Julia and that match at Corican, and you've got Starlight basically losing a shit, mounting Julia, slapping her in the face, engaging in these forearm competitions that, you know, she's losing, but she's that fired up that she's doing anyway. There was one moment where she was in the ring on her own with Suri and Julia, and she was just literally taking it in turns to kick the shit out of them, but then, you know, the numbers advantage takes a hold, she gets hit with the buzzsaw kick and the Northern Lights bomb. But that fiery aggression in her offense is like you mentioned earlier it's everything we said we wanted her to have 
when it came to her offense. That aggressive mm. edge that made it look like it actually hurt. Yeah. And I think she did that here. And I think she did it really, really well. Like I've just said, if you can be a focal point of a match that also contains Suri, Julia, and Mayu, two of which, in fact, all three of which are the top, what are in the top five best workers in the company, and you are the standout, that's fucking good. And it's not because the other three sucked either. It's just because they centered the story around Starlight, and I think that worked tremendously. Yeah, they gave her the platform to be good, and she took it. The one thing is, I mean, comparison between Azumi and Momo, this kind of story wouldn't work as, not Momo, Azumi and Starlight, this wouldn't work as well with Azumi because she's much more stoic. Like, she kind of doesn't change her facial expression very often. No, it's not. Whereas Starlight, which is weird considering she wears a mask. Yeah, she's very expressive under that mask, isn't she? She's a lot more emotive, definitely. A lot more emotive than Azumi. Um, Which, which, by the way, is fine. Yeah, totally. Like, you need different... But they try to play similar stories here, and it works better with Starlight. Yeah. Well, we'll say, like, highlights... The highlights of the um, Queen's Quest match were higher than the highlights of the Stars match, but the Stars match had a better through line. Yeah, I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that. Do you prefer the Momo AZ match? No, I do prefer this one, because Starlight Kid is low-key stardom wrestler of the year. I'm trying to think who would be better. Maybe Julia, but she's more in terms of character work than actual match quality. Yeah, Tam, yeah, because she carries the Cosmic Angel sides of most of these six months. Speaking of... Well, yeah, just before we go into that, so you preferred... It would have been such a good transition. It would have been. Well done. We'll go back to it, I promise. Um, Which... What did you rate these two matches? Then we'll start with the Momo Izzy versus... Well, um, I gave gave them both the same score. They're both three and three quarters for me. I gave three and three quarters to Momo Izzy. I gave four stars to... uh, to Starlight and Mayu, um, for the reason I spoke about before. Um, so, obviously, Chris, you want to talk about the owed six-person tile, the Artist of Stardom Championship match. So we started, our first defense was in the Golden Week Tour, um, night three, the 5th of May. It was the main event of that show. Oh, no, it wasn't. What am I talking about? I apologize. Please ignore me. I'm looking at the number one contender match, which has completely confused me. Um, we'll start with the we'll start with the other one just because I'm here now. Um, so we'll look at the one from Nagoya, um, night two, the 16th. Yeah, that's the one of I actually May. have stuff to say about. Like the but like the first one's like it's not good, but isn't inoffensive. Like there's not like you're not going to have a great match because at the end of the day you have Unagi, Mina, Death, and Toro in there. Mm. So like, but there's a lot of elements that can go wrong. And like honestly, considering who's in there, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, especially since Death is now like the imprisoned clown. It's just it's it's more scary somehow. It's like if Mister Tumble became um went into a dungeon or something. But. The, the fucking Nagoya match. Eh. Eh. <sighs> Ew. Ew. Like, I'm sorry, but like, why do you keep making Mina and Unagi go long? Why? <laughs> They're not there yet. 
and like this happened. I I know it's a lot of the time when um it goes to when a six man goes to a draw. Um, D- DDM's on one side of it, and it's because they don't want. It's, and it's because DDM don't have a pin eater. Like you have either champions in there or um Himika who's a beast or Micah who's a beast only slightly shorter. Um and then and like they don't have enough in their repertoire to make half an hour interesting. Um there was some good stuff in here like Tam and Natsupoi's rivalry it, like they work fairly distinctly together and I like that. Um that was good in here, but why why thirty minute draw? Why not have someone fucking lose? Have someone no one gets over in this situation. No one looks good coming out of this. And it's not even a case of oh no, time limit draw. We're not going as crazy with time limit draws as we used to. Jesus. Mm. But it, it's like I complain about length a lot, and it could lead people to think I hate long matches. When in reality if I hated long matches, I'd fucking hate Goji Izaki's reign. The problem is you need to look at who you have and decide whether or not that's going to make for a compelling half-hour match, which, I'm sorry, if Mina Shirakawa and Unagi Sayaka are in there, it's probably not going to lead to a very compelling 30-minute match. Honestly, when it comes to trusting people in this match to go 30 minutes, I don't trust any of them to go 30. You have Himika, who works best in short bursts. You have Natsupoi, who is um, works short, explosive matches. You have Micah, who's one match who went remotely long as a singles match fell flat for me. Um, you have Tam, who has never had a good long match. All her good matches are relatively short. Like, the one match I can think of of hers that went really long was Julia, the, the Julia match in, I believe it was the tournament, and that fucking sucked. And then you have Mina Unagi, who can, who are still basically learning. Mm. It, the decision to go 30 minute, minutes baffled me. Here and this and it's awful because I realised that it's in the silver runtime on world, and just there was no. If you weren't going to have someone go over, book someone different in this fucking match. Yeah, they they box themselves into a corner, really, don't they, by putting them against Donna Del Mondo because you've got yeah, Himika, which, who was been, who's in the semi-finals. You've got Natsupo, who's a champion. You want Mike, who's in the semi-finals of the Cinderella tournament. You want to keep them strong, but you know you obviously don't want to change the titles yet. But again, you're absolutely right. If that's the case, don't book them on the same. Don't book them. Don't book it. Mm. But I think that's the problem with. Sad, and one thing we don't really have is like the roster depth for a six man championship because basically you just need to run through factions at that point, and they've run through stars and um Queen's Quest already and Oeditai. So all they had left were DDM because they can't fight themselves. Yeah, that's true. Just another couple of matches that are worth checking out. I'm not going to give you a load of notes for them. They're just matches that I'd, I'd actively encourage you to go and check out. Um, from the 5th of May, which was the Stardom Golden Week Tag 3 or Night 3, and Natsupoy and Mina Shirakawa put on a really, really good match. Go and check that out. Far better than you'd think it was going to be. And then the main event, the Goddess of Stardom um, number one contendership four-way match where Mayu and Starlight Kid get the chance to go on and face ALK. Um them versus Cosmic Angels, Tam Nakano, Yanagi, Awidatai, Konami, and Tora, and Aphrodite. Go and check that out as well. Another really, really good match. Worth your time. 
And then finally, I just want to bring um, this match, which was from Hamamatsu on the 24th of April. I know we're going back quite a bit. There's a three-way match between Azumi, Mayu, and Momo. Now, it ends in a triple countout at 10 minutes, which is extremely disappointing. But up until the triple countout, the match itself, the in-ring action, is really, really good. So if you can look past the triple countout finish, which is extremely anticlimactic, still go and check out this three-way. It's it's a low-key match. It's a low-key, really good match, and I'm sure you can understand that when you look at who is in the match. Silly Billy, low-key isn't in stardom. <laughs> so, last couple of things. So we've looked at Golden Week. Let's look ahead to some of the cards that have been announced. Um, the show from the 5th of June... Uh, from Nagata, we have got uh, Kaguma versus Lady C in Kaguma's in-ring return. Um, we have got Micah versus Mina Shirakawa versus Saki in Saki's in-ring return, so that's good to see. Um, we have got Tam and Yunagi versus Azumi and Sayakamatani. Um, the match that I'm most excited about on this card, MK Sisters versus Momo and Utami. That should be a really, really good match. Um, and then we close with six-woman tag action, Julia Suri and Natsupoi versus Natsukatora, Konami, and Ruaka. Um, the 6th of June from Kanazawa, um, we have got Momo versus Lady C, um, Azumi versus Kaguma versus Ruaka, um, we have got another great tag match, MK Sisters versus Julia and Natsupoi. That should also be very good. Um, another great tag match, Aphrodite versus Suri and Micah. Should be good. Um, and then Tamina and Yunagi versus Tora, Saki and Konami. We've then got the card for the Corican Hall show on the 8th of uh, June. Got the Future of Stardom tournament first round uh, between Rina and Hina. This is Rina's in-ring return. The um, Mega Twins explode. The Mega Twins explode. Nice. Um, we've then got two quarterfinal bouts uh, between Hannon and Yunagi, um, and then Mina versus the winner of Rina and Hina. On the rest of the card, we've got four-way Tam versus Azumi versus Konami versus Lady C. Um, sixth woman tag oh, action. Taking the pin of that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, they do sort of telegraph that, don't they? Um, six woman tag: Mayu, Kid, and Kaguma versus Natsukatora, Saki, Kashima, and Ruaka. Um, further six woman tag: um, Queen's Quest, Momo, Yutami, and Sayakamatani versus Julia, Siori, and Mika. That could be very good. And then we close with high speed championship defense. Poi versus Fukikan Death. On that Corican card then, Chris, anything that uh, titillates you? Gets your juices flowing, if you know what I mean. You're a disgusting man, Goodwin. Just, okay, thanks. <laughs> um, that high-speed match looks fun. Yeah, I mean, if if we're going off what Death Yamasan and Natsupoi managed to do in the short time they had in the Hanakamura Memorial um, show, they put on a really, really good little exchange. So, yeah, should be quite good there. Anything else? Um, 
Rena for future of Stardom Championship. Rena is not winning the future of Stardom Championship. Much you, you as I hate to disappoint you. You can't prove that. Well, I must admit, you know, considering we uh, said, you Nagy's not winning and now she's in the semi-final. Maybe we should jump to conclusions. Stardom is an awful evil company. Finally then, so obviously I said before that the uh, Tokyo Dream Cinderella show, which was supposed to be the 29th of May, the Ota City gym um, cancelled it. They've moved it to the 12th of June, which is a Sunday, I believe. Um, let's have a look. It is a Saturday. So it's a is, Saturday. Is this going to be airing on, um, what's it called, Samurai TV? I don't know yet. I hope, I, so. I hope so as well. It was nice when we I, did that last time. I enjoy watching them live. Yeah, if you are um, not yet part of our Discord, go and uh, join our Discord. And we have, whenever they're on uh, Samurai, we have little watch-alongs and uh, we talk to each other yeah. through it. It's good For fun. some reason, despite the Discord being around for over a year now, I still haven't been made a mod. But Well, <laughs> I've seen the kind of shit that you do, so are you surprised? What do you mean the kind of shit I do? You know what I mean. No, I don't know what you mean. Is this still about Toy Story? Toy Story 2. Um, <laughs> the tickets are... There's no ticket information as of yet as to sellouts or anything, so I assume tickets are still available. Um, in terms of a card, there is one match still to be announced, so we don't know what that is going to be yet. Um, we've got a special... Hina versus Rina for the... Future of Stardom Championship. I imagine it's the won. Future of Stardom Championship final. I imagine. Um, there is a special three-way tag match. Uh, Julia and Natsupoi versus Momo AZ versus Tam and Mina. So maybe it won't be the uh, Future of Stardom Championship match. Oh, no, it can't be, can it? Because Yunagi's in the uh, in the Cinderella Sammy, so it can't be that. Um, she could pull double duty. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I don't know what evil person would wish that upon Unagi <laughs> or the viewing audience. Double duty Unagi. Yeah, like fucking trying to pull a fucking Bret Hart in oh. King of Rank. No, 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 no. Um, we've then got Stars versus Oida Tai, the latest instalment in their all-out war with the Stars team of Mayu, Starlight Kid, Hanan, and Kaguma, plus X. Now, whether that is a new person or a returning person, I don't know. It just says X. Um, but maybe it's Yuma Aoyagi. Why do you say that? Um, honestly, just just because I kind of want to hear a song on a stardom show. <laughs> um, but it's the same with Oida Tai, Natsukatora, Konami, Fukin Death, and uh, Ruaka, and X. So whether that is Saki Kashima or not, I don't know. Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay. <laughs> yeah, he's left New Japan to go to Stardom. Toa Hanare. Um, World Jeff of Cobb. Stardom Championship match, uh, Suri versus Utami. And then we've got the two Cinderella tournament semifinals, um, Yunagi Which... versus Himika and Himika, uh, sorry, and Micah versus, no, it's not. What am I talking about? It's Micah versus Yunagi and Himika versus Saya. Um, and then obviously we've got the final as well. Um, prediction for that, Okan's going to do a running. You're getting tired, aren't you? Let's wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get yourself to bed, I think. Um, so It's, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. 
Uh, we'll be back, hopefully, to run through that Corican show. Hopefully, we will be able to do a show before we do our review of the Tokyo Dream Cinderella show. Um, thank you so much for listening, guys. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe. Um, leave us a comment. Five-star review. It really does help us out. Don't forget to check out the website, www.podmania.co.uk, for all our archived podcast episodes. Um, make sure to join the Discord. It's a great place to get acclimatized to stardom if you're a new fan or just to talk random stardom shit if you're more of a veteran. Um, don't forget to check out the web uh, the website. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at, at the Stardomcast. You can talk to me on Twitter at, at RealRobGoodwin. Christopher, where can they find you? At John Cena is a coward. Is that even a real Twitter handle? No, but I kind of wish it was. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.